Cause sometimes I be right. Hello! Welcome to the show! Show! Throw some auto tune on that! If you can't tell, I'm feeling great today. Uh, why? I don't know. It's a good morning, I guess. It's a good time to be had for all. Look, I'm appreciate. I'm grateful. You tuning in, you here. You deserve my best. I worked on some YouTube stuff earlier to make sure my voice was right. Usually I'll start the po- All right, I'll tell you. <laughs> I usually start the podcast off first, start with the pod, and then I'll do the YouTube stuff after. But what I realized was my energy starting the pod, it kind of like progresses, right? It gets a little higher, higher. By the end of the pod, I'm in my groove. I'm feeling great. So I was like, yo, let me switch it. Let me switch it. Let me do the YouTube stuff first and then come back to the pod, make sure my energy right. So I'm good. We good. (laughs) All right. What up, Cyber Family? If this is your first time joining us, welcome. This is Sometimes I'll Be Right. I am your host, John Farris, reporting live from Trash Can Studios. As always, joined by my co-host, Wally. Say what up, Wally. We hype round here. Listen, I was going to start off. I was going to start off in one direction. And then uh, I was taking, uh, I was going to the bathroom pre-show. Right? It's a ritual. You sit in the bathroom. You do your business. I don't need to go into telling y'all what my business is on the throne. (laughs) But I'm going over the notes, getting the show together, planning it out, making sure it's right. And I had a starting point. We were going to start with Josh McDaniels, and then I saw a video of uh, people talking about Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou, which happened this past weekend. If you don't know, if you don't know, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> like, if you don't know what it is, then you're not listening to me, all right? So every one of you listening, y'all know what it was. Francis Ngannou had a close fight with Tyson Fury, heavyweight champion of the world, and For me, there's been a lot of reaction to it, right? And I initially started with thinking just like everybody else. Tyson Fury is the heavyweight champ. We saw him beat Wilder. He's great. He's arguably one of the greatest ever. Um, So, yeah, of course, this guy Ngannou in his first fight, he's not used to, he's going to be just like everybody else, right? In the sense that he don't know how to fight going backwards. There's going to be certain things that he's not equipped to deal with. That Fury's going to be able to throw at him. So Fury will play around with him. Find the opening. Bow, bow, bow. PC him up. Night, night. Right? That's what we all thought. It turned out not to be. What turned out to be was Francis Ngannou was big as hell. And got a chin that Fury couldn't touch. And he was tough. And he was big. And Fury couldn't bully him. He was trying to lean on him. But he was getting pushed off. And Ngannou was like, get off me. Get off of me, fat boy. <laughs> That's what it was like. But why? What, what made me, the statement that made me come in here and say I got to start with this is I heard somebody saying, you the heavyweight champ, this guy, you've been fighting your whole life. This guy prepared for a, a professional fight for six months, maybe. You supposed to blah, 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 just drag him in the deep water, sixth, seventh round, knock him out. And that statement hit me like a ton of bricks. And I, it, when I heard him say it, it sounded so stupid to me. And then I realized, yo, it's a fight. Right? Let me say something crazy. Because I used to say wild stuff when I was younger. And I remember having a fight with a couple of my friends. And I said, after a Floyd Mayweather fight, I said, yo, I don't know if Floyd Mayweather can knock me out. <laughs> Like, listen, I know, I know it's crazy, right? It's wild. But my concept, maybe I'm not the best example because, yo, I'm be honest with you now. At th- my age, 36, yo, I'm getting knocked out. It's lights out, okay? Even when I was younger, I'm not equipped. I'm not built like that, all right? I'm not, ta- I'm not eating punches, okay? I'm getting knocked out. But my point was just because I'm not a professional boxer and just because he is doesn't mean that he can knock anybody out. Right? Like, 
like, all right, for example, just because I'm not in the NBA doesn't mean I couldn't outshoot somebody who's an NBA player. Like, not every boxer is just knocking out the field. Like, some, you might be able to, you beat me up, like, whatever. Like, if we got into the ring with gloves on, just because you're a pro boxer doesn't mean you have the power to just one hit or quit at me. Like, you, you get what I'm saying? So, Francis Ngannou is 277 pounds. What's he, like, 6'4"? Like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got, we got to go to the Googles. We got to go to the Google. I don't even know how to spell his name. I'm going to just spell it crazy. Yeah, he's 6'4". So he came into the fight 6'4", 277. That's a big human. And he fought mixed martial arts. So you know he's already tough. You know he's been kneed in the head. He's been hammer fisted. He's been punched in the head. He's been kicked, choked out. Like So he's tough. He's a fighter. It's not some guy off the street. So if you're thinking, oh, Tyson Fury, you heavyweight champ, you're supposed to knock this guy out. He don't know how to box. It don't matter if he knows how to box. Can he take a punch? That's it. So to, to be as foolish or short-sighted to say, you're supposed to knock him out because you're a pro. Like, so? So? Francis Ngannou is a big-ass human being. In a fight, I might not be able to hurt this guy. And that's what Tyson Fury found out. I can't hurt him. My punches? <laughs> they don't hurt this guy. He's too damn big. He's strong. It don't matter if he knows how to box. He's strong. That's why Jake Paul was able to knock out Nate Robinson. Not because he's a boxer. Not because he's a pro. But because in life, he's a bigger human and he's strong and Nate Robinson couldn't take a punch ta-da it's that simple that's why when Jake Paul fights guys like Anderson Silva he's not knocking them out they could take the hits better like skill level at this point at heavyweights skill level ain't got nothing to do with it your ability to just walk in the ring and say, I'm knocking him out. That How hard do you hit? Tyson Fury is not a knockout artist. You don't know Tyson Fury to be a guy who walks in the ring and knocks everybody out. He don't. He wins on points. He was he was he His claim to fame was he was 6'9", but he moved around like a lightweight. That was his claim to fame. And let's be honest. After this fight, we all look at it like, well, hold on now. What really happened versus Wilder? Oh, I can tell you. Wilder has no boxing skills. Wilder thrived off of guys coming forward, and I got a right hand that's going to take anybody out. Fury, to his credit, was able to take that punch better than most. But he was always 270, and Wilder was coming in at 215. (laughs) And he was bullying Wilder. He was leaning on him, getting him tired, hitting him with body punches, accumulating over rounds, and breaking him down. Against Ngannou, a guy who was bigger than Fury, in better shape than Fury, stronger than Fury, you ain't gonna bully him like that. And that's why the fight went the way it went. So if you disappointed because you thought, oh, you're supposed to knock him out, you're the pro, it don't matter. This is life. This is real life. These are two human beings. You can't just knock another human out because you want to or because you're a pro. Yeah, you know the way to throw a punch correctly, how to snap it, get the most out of it. But if you ain't got no power, hey, look, if you ain't got no power, you ain't got no power. You can't learn power. All right? You either got it or you don't. But it's good. In my opinion, this fight was good for boxing. Because I think what we learned was Francis Ngannou was far more skilled as a boxer and has far more potential to do something great as a boxer. We learned that. We didn't learn how bad Tyson Fury was. I do think the people who were calling Tyson Fury one of the greatest of all time, could he beat X, Y, and Z? No, he's not beating most of the heavyweights of the past. Lennox Lewis is beating the dog snot out of Tyson Fury. Sorry. Like, that's just what it is, okay? But we didn't learn anything new about Fury. We learned about a new guy who's stepping into the sport who everyone can get behind. Francis Ngannou is big. 
He's strong. He's tough. He's going to come forward and fight. He'll fight anybody. That's a guy we can root for. That's great for us. Whoever wants to come box, come box. If you can do well, come on. It ain't no competition between boxing and the UFC. UFC didn't win because their guy looked like he could do, like he could hold his own against the heavyweight champ. No, that guy's special. Francis Ngannou is a unique human being. Size, strength, speed, fighting ability, he's unique. But we've seen your other MMA guys come over here. We've seen y'all struggle. So don't, don't try to make it seem like UFC has better fight. Stop. Stop. All right, let's go back to originally scheduled program. Let's talk about Josh McDaniels. It's about damn time. So the, the Raiders, they mm, booted him out of there. Booted him right out of town. Got him out of here. Said, pack your stuff, go. Him and the GM. <laughs> Package deal. Both of y'all hit the road. If I'm a Raiders fan, I'm happy as all get up right now. I'm happy as all get up. And you know what I'm doing? Call me crazy. I'm calling Jim Harbaugh. That's right. Jim Harbaugh's in hot water in college, cheating, right? Breaking all kinds of rules. Bro, that photo of the dude in the uh in the uh Central Michigan gear, bro, I swear, I, I hope that that was really him, because that is hilarious. <laughs> Yo, if he put on the gear and was acting like a coach to be on the sideline to steal signs, bro, I'm not even mad at that. That's hilarious. That's funny. That is funny. That sounds like something you would try to do if you was trying to sneak into a game. You would just put on, like, the the, the polo and the slacks and, and jump walk down on the side. Like, you're supposed to be there and nobody going to say nothing because you got, like, the coach's gear on. That's funny. Like, yo, how did he have the, uh, the proper gear? <laughs> That's great. So, so Harbaugh's in a lot of hot water there. They're probably going to, like, suspend him for a while. He wants to get out. of. He's out. He's done. He's done. This stuff is stupid. Like, I don't necessarily agree that he what he did was... It, it was wrong, obviously. But at the same time, like, they're going to drag this out and make it seem like, you know, like they was paying teams to lose or something. Like, they're going to make it a bigger thing than what it is. You were stealing signs. And the way you went about it was, like, super, like in depth but still at the same time i'm stealing signs like it's not like you know it's not the end of the world like come on now give me a two-game suspension take away like a couple scholarships a year for the next couple years and that's it but they're gonna drag it out and like try to make it sound salacious and this is coming from an ohio state fan i hate michigan i hope they get the most severe penalty of all time but i mean in reality like you're stealing signs it's like you wasn't you know you wasn't poisoning the other team's food so they would have diarrhea (laughs) like you know what i mean you was just going to games and watching what they did on the sideline and filming it and seeing what they signed for to get an advantage anyway we getting off track uh what was i saying oh yeah joshua daniels that's what they should do call jim harbaugh he's got the resume he's got the track record you don't have a quarterback and if you like aiden o'connell who, you know, reportedly is going to be starting for the rest of the year because they are benching Garoppolo because I don't think anybody wanted Garoppolo. I think it was just Josh McDaniels who wanted Garoppolo. I don't think anybody else wanted this guy. Nobody in that organization was asking for uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, why did you get rid of Derek Carr? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, why did you move him? Because Josh McDaniels is a bozo. Career record of 20 and 32. The guy failed in Denver. And, like, look, he didn't do poor. He failed. Like, it was miserable. The players hated him. It's not just that he made bad personnel moves. It's not that just they were losing games. They hated him. And if you ain't been paying attention, Devontae Adams all year has been letting you know Hey, I hate him. <laughs> Bro, I hate it. I hate it here. <laughs> he was saying subtly, I hate it here. It was time for him to go. They should have never brought him in. He's a he 
I think we have enough information to say he is the perfect example of I know better than all of y'all. He's a guy who thinks because he was around Bill Belichick and because he saw all that and because he did this and that, because they won championships, he he knows what to do. You don't. You don't. People may not love Bill Belichick. Some of the players may hate Bill Belichick, but they respect him. Nobody likes, loves, or respects you, Josh. So what's next? If he wants to be a head coach, go down to college where maybe they don't know no better. Maybe you could be successful as a head coach in college. Otherwise, go right back up in the booth, all right, right up in the coach's suite and call the plays. You're an offensive coordinator. You're a coordinator at best. Stay out of the head seat. Let's move on. Giants versus the Jets was absolutely unwatchable. It was one of the worst football games I've ever seen. Here's how bad it was. Right down right down the road, you had the Texans taking on the Panthers, and that was a 15-13 to 13 game. Okay? That game ended 15-13. to 13. And it was far more entertaining. <laughs> like, the same type of game. Former entertaining. You know what the Jets and Giants was? Two-yard gain, two-yard gain, one-yard gain, punt. Two-yard gain, three-yard loss, three-yard gain, punt. One-yard gain, one-yard gain, two-yard loss, punt. Three-yard gain, four-yard gain, five-yard sack, punt. Back and forth. It was awful. Now, the Giants have a bit of an excuse. They didn't have their starting quarterback. Then they lost their backup quarterback, and they're on a rookie who, I don't know why, if you weren't going to let him throw the ball, why the hell is he on the active roster? Like, if you're not going to let him throw it, why is he there? Right? Let him throw it. At that point, oh, we don't want our our third-string quarterback to ruin the game. At that point, the game is ruined. Once you get to quarterback three, it's over. Go for broke. You got a quarterback in Daniel Jones, so you don't want to put in there. Who you are? You they they so clearly do not believe Daniel Jones is a long term answer. So you want to move off of him, Tyrod Taylor, who you guys only have as an insurance policy, and what a great insurance policy. But his one big knock can't stay healthy. He's injured now. And now what do you do? You're on your third quarterback, a rookie, Tommy DeVito. And what do you do? You say, don't throw the ball. What? Just at that point, be like, hey, man, what what difference does it make? Because now you lost the game. So it wasn't like if he would have thrown it, you would have lost what? You would have lost faster? (laughs) You would have lost the regulation? Oh, man. Like, what are you doing? But the biggest story coming out of that game for me is I don't want to hear no more, no more moral victories, participation trophies, no like, oh, Zach Wilson's getting it done. It doesn't look pretty, but he's getting it done. I'm No, 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 no. After that, no, it's over. It's over. I came in here early and I said, Zach Wilson, X, Y, and Z. He looks like he's getting good. He's putting it together. I believe he could do it. Da, 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 da. Nope, I'm out. I'm off. I gave you benefit of the doubt. I gave you a chance. Gave it to you. Seven games in, I gave you seven. Bro, no. No. He's completing 58% of his passes. God, God, that's terrible. (laughs) To put it in perspective, here's the perspective I want to put it in. Here's the perspective. Quincy Carter completed 58% of his passes. Hey, (laughs) bro, you not even league average no more. You terrible at 58%. He's averaging 191 yards passing a game. God damn, God. Bro, we not winning like that. Five touchdowns in seven games. That's Daniel Jones numbers. (laughs) Five interceptions, a 74 quarterback rating. Bro, what are we doing? No, you don't get credit because your team won. You are being carried. And y'all know me. I'm not the one to come in here 
and and and, and step on a guy immediately, I want to give everybody a chance. I want to give everybody a chance. But what we're not going to do, we're not going to pretend like we don't see. Look, this is this is what he's been. This is his third year now. This is third year. You've been starting. You started the last two. It's over, bro. We off you. Move on. I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers is the guy. Because I would move off Aaron too. Because I think what you are getting from this year is that if you get a good quarterback, you don't have to be great, a good one. My, 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 how good this team could be. Now, you went for the home run with Aaron. It didn't work out in year one. I got news for you. Year two, I think it's going to be much of the same. I think I, I think even if he comes back next year, I think you're going to have a lot of the same issues where he's older, he hasn't played in a year, it's going to take some time, he's going to have to regroup with all the guys again, put in a lot of work. I don't think you're going to get what you're hoping for. And Zach Wilson, he's terrible. So get somebody in the middle. Get a rookie in here, right? Get a rookie. That's all you need to do. And then you good to go. Then you solid. So no more, and I listen to the New York radio, no more of this kudos for just getting a win. It's all about winning. It's about winning. No, uh-uh. Not when you being carried. Hell no. <laughs> Get him out of here. Let's move on to something else. And my favorite thing now is perspective. Perspective matters. And I said it before. I say it again. Perspective matters. Where are you coming from when you're looking at the situation? If you're looking at it from the right perspective, it'll all make sense. If you come at it from the wrong perspective, that you're going to be all twisted up. You're going to be all kinds of twisted up. So Tyson Badgett, for the for the Bears last week, everyone raved about him. Oh, Division Two guy came in, looked great. Oh, my God. Da, 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 da. Why? Because he's from Division Two. You expected the worst. And when he came out and played, all right. He looked all right. You guys got all excited. You guys were beside yourself. But what happened this week? What happened this week? Versus the Chargers. Oh, he looked like exactly what he is. A rookie coming from Division Two, Who has some skill, but not quite ready for the level yet. Perspective. You're now, if, if, if you were expecting the worst, this game you would say, hey, that's still good. But you're not. Because your expectations were raised now. Your perspective was, he might be from Division 2, but he's real good. See what I'm saying about perspective? I just wanted to bring it up because perspective matters. Cowboys crush the Chargers. And ever since I bashed Dak and I put out my video saying I'm done with Dak, uh, Dak has looked good. <laughs> hey, man, that's how it goes. I still don't believe in it because this for me is what Dak has always done. Dak's always going to have a good year when you total it up. Hold on, man. I got my headphones all messed up. He's always going to have a good year. You're always going to be hopeful, think that it's going to be great. But here's what's interesting. I came into this week thinking they're going to lose to the Eagles. This is the perfect spot. You're going against the Eagles. You're going to lose. Until I started doing some research, and I realized that Dak Prescott is 8-3 and three versus the Eagles. And not only that, but he usually plays well. Complete 68% of his passes. Averages 250 yards passing, two touchdowns, one pick, and a 99 quarterback rating. If I told you that was the stat line for Sunday, you would say, yeah, that sounds about right. And I think the Cowboys win that. I think the Cowboys' defensive line in their front seven is doing a good job plugging up the run. I think the Eagles are a run-first team who wants to establish the run, therefore... 
you don't know what's going to happen. If play action works. I think Jalen Hurts is a far better quarterback when play action is a threat. Take away the run, not so much of a threat. And the Cowboys, I think their whole game plan is going to have to be stop the run, limit the big play. That's it. If you, I've watched the Eagles a couple times this year. Their whole everything they do, big play. You don't give up a big play, you good to go. That's it. Limit the big plays. Force them to drive, drive, drive. They're gonna make mistakes. They're gonna turn the ball over. That's how you win. I like the Cowboys to beat the Eagles this week. Another news. Another rookie got to start. We got Will Levis. Well, he didn't get the start, but he ended up playing. He ended up playing versus, uh, who were they going against? The Falcons? I'm drawing a blank on who they went against. But Will Levis, again, we've been looking at all these rookies, and I've done the same for all of them throughout the numbers. Although he was pretty good. 19-29 for 238 and four tutties. No INTs. QB rating of 130 is pretty good. But let's throw away the numbers. How did he look? Hey, man. He looked all right. I mean, if we're talking about size, stature, he got it. Uh, some people think he might be a little too muscular. He worried too much about, you know, the, the show muscles. But I got to say, man, I, I'm looking and he looked the part. He looked like he could, he could get it done. Now, again, the more he plays, the more teams kind of get some film on him, see some tendencies, take advantage. He's probably going to have some of those games where it looks pretty bad, like you're expecting. Pretty bad like it did in college, right? Like some of those games where you're like, ah, basically everything you thought in the draft coming out, you're going to see. You're going to see it. But I will say first impression, first game, first playing, he he looked the part. I was pretty, was pretty impressed, I must say. I was expecting it to be much more of a disaster right from the rip, but he, he held it together. Uh, Miami Dolphins look great again. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Oh, the Patriots have a losing record. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. Yeah, that's right, they beat up another bad team. Well, what do you know? <laughs> what do you know? Hey, if you want to win some money, whoever... Who, <laughs> Anytime Miami plays a bad team, bet on them. Anytime they play a good team, bet on the good team. Miami it has not beaten a team with a winning record. They beat another bad team. The offense looked good. Uh, Tua looked good. The Cheetah looked good. Got a bunch of yards. He's racking up the stats. Got another tutty. But guess what? The team is no good. This week... They're going against Kansas City. They have to win. They have to. I don't care what this win or loss does for the standings. It probably doesn't affect them. But they need to win. Because if they, this is the third team with a winning record. Third one that they've played. Only three. They've lost the previous two. You can't lose again. You got to beat a team with a winning record. At some point, you got to. And until you do it, I'm not buying in. And not only do you need to win, but you need to look similar to how you look versus the bad teams. Tua can't be completing 74%, 300 yards a game, four touchdowns against the bad teams. And then against the good teams, you get a win when he's 9 of 26 for 180 yards and a touchdown and two picks. That's not good enough. You, I need you to win, and I need you to look good winning. You don't have to blow them out, but you got to look like the Dolphins. You can't look like a bad version of yourselves and sneak away with a late field goal. Now, I don't get, no, 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 no. Just so I'm not accused of moving the goalposts, I need Miami to win and look like Miami. Don't go out there looking like a bunch of scrubs, sneak away with a win and think that I'm going to give you kudos. Not happening. It's not happening. I'm done with the NFL. I want to move in to a couple more topics. Man, we're running through everything today. I hope I'm not forgetting something. I know I'm forgetting something I want to talk about. But here's where I'm going next. And this one might take a few minutes. Buckle up. Strap in. This is going to be good. For some 
unknown, un, un, inconceivable reason, the Los Angeles Clippers have traded for James Harden. I, I, why, 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 why? I feel like looking up into the sky like in a movie. Why? Hey, yo, give me the Oscar, bro. <laughs> I could, I could act. All right, I could act. I don't understand why they do it. Why do you do it? Why would you want him? What has he brought to a locker room, to a team that you feel like, hey, we got to have that? The silence is me waiting for a response. If you're the Clippers, you got Paul George, you got Kawhi, neither one of them can stay healthy. You hold your breath every day. Every day you hold your breath hoping that one of them, that they can stay healthy. So you already dealing with that anxiety, that stress, that pressure of please, please sports gods, let these guys stay healthy. You got Russell Westbrook on your team who at, at any moment could turn into a, a Tas- Tasmanian devil and destroy games. If he does not accept his role, if he does not play his position, if he does not keep it cool, he could destroy things. So you got that stress. And now you went out and traded for a guy who not only have we seen him fail time and time again in the playoffs, any situation you want him to be in. That game where they were up versus San Antonio, Kawhi was injured Harden, go out there and ball. He was trash. Right? In Houston, had a chance to take out the Warriors. What happened? They couldn't make a three. He was trash. Right? Last year, game six and seven, bro, we got this. He was trash. We've seen it. Everywhere, every which way, the guy just ain't going to get it done for you. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, but in L.A., he don't have to. He don't have to. You got Paul George. Playoff P. You got Kawhi. If they're healthy, you are... Listen, you're a, a a a step off the curb and twist your ankle away from being, it's on James Harden. We going into it with Paul George, James Harden, and Westbrook. Woo! <laughs> Good luck. Because Westbrook can't shoot, and he's going to jack him up too, especially if you, if you need him. If he feels like, oh, they need me. We ain't got no Kawhi. Superman to the rescue, so he's going to jack up some bricks. You got James Harden who ain't going to show up. And you got Playoff P who, what the hell is a Playoff P? So now you tell me how excited you are. Come on now. What are you doing, Clippers? What are you doing? You got a new stadium coming. Ooh, you, you on the map, right? You making you making moves. You got the two stars there. We be looking right. And now you bringing in this guy? Look, he was happy. He was happy with OKC. And then he wanted to be the man. He wanted to get his money. I ain't mad at that. Yeah, you got to go off, young fella. So he goes off, goes to Houston. He's happy as could be. He's the man. He's running things. Yeah, step backs. Uh-uh. <laughs> Gets the Adidas deal. Woo, I'm in there, bro. My own shoe. We living. Something goes sideways. I got to get out of here. Shows up fat out of shape, doesn't show up for stuff, forces a trade. I'm out. Goes to Brooklyn. Oh, I'm with KD reunited. I got Kyrie. <laughs> Kyrie has a situation with the Vax. They get mad at him. Things don't kind of work out in, in Brooklyn. I'm out. I need to get out of here. Demands a trade. 
All right, cool, man. You ain't happy no more? Cool, cool, but whatever. Goes to Philly. Oh, perfect situation for him. He could do his thing, and B don't interfere with that. We got some young pieces. We in here. We in a game seven versus Boston. We got it. We can get a title with this team. We can win one. I hate the 76ers, but they could win one. If Harden does what he's supposed to do, they could win one. Why does he not want to be there no more? Oh, I could tell you. It's money. It's money. It's not because the team's no good. It's not because they made a bad trade. It's not because they got rid of his friend. It's not because... No, money. Because Daryl Morey told him... I, I'm get, I'm speculating here. But from what I gather from stuff, it seems like there was an agreement of, hey, opt in, and then I'm, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to give you a long-term extension for X amount of dollars, max contract, whatever. He opts in. They come back and say, uh, actually, we ain't got the max money for you. We got, like, less. We'll pay you, but just much less than the max. Now he's betrayed. Now he's, oh, how dare you? The disrespect. I'll never play for you. I'll never play for an organization. Like, bro, all right, bye. <laughs> what you thought? What you thought? They was going to be mad? Like, oh, what a statement. He said he'll never play. Oh, we got to get rid of him. No, Hell no. Hey, Harden, we didn't win with you. So even if we don't win without you, guess what? We ain't paying you. Give me my, leave me with the money and the cap space to go out and try to make this team better rather than have you and not win a chip. So now he's going to L.A. Where he wants to be, he's going to be happy, he's going to do X, Y, and Z. Until when? Until when? Until he not getting enough shots? Until they ask him, come off the bench this game? Until Kawhi gets in his face and says, hey, yo, hey, yo, man, it's, it's my team, man. That's my that's my Kawhi impression. Because, <laughs> you know, he like real laid back. You know what I mean? Like, wh- until when? Then he going to want to trade from there. Like, it's over, bro. Why do you want James Harden to do what? Get you to the playoffs? Okay, great. Then he's going to fail. He's not going to come through for you. And more importantly, you got to pay him. And he's clearly about the money. I don't even like LeBron. When was the last time you heard LeBron talk about his contract? Does anybody even know how much LeBron makes? I have no idea. When was the last time you heard Greek Freak talk about his contract? How much he makes. Nah, he threatened Milwaukee that he would be willing to leave if they didn't get players. Not if they didn't pay him. He wasn't leaving. He wasn't going to leave because of money. The players need to be right. Dame Lillard just this offseason wanted out of Portland. Wasn't money. He wanted to win. He didn't want to rebuild. He wanted to be part of a winning team not because they wasn't going to pay him James Harden wanted to leave because they weren't going to pay him now you tell me does that sound like a player who's concerned with winning James Harden makes more annually for his Adidas contract than most players get ever anywhere that's a fact so now you bringing in a guy who we already know is not going to come off the bench. He's not going to do the dirty work. He wants to be a star. He's a star. And he wants to get paid max money. And he doesn't show up for you in the clutch, in the playoffs, when you need him most. So he doesn't have a winning attitude. He's bailed on every situation and none of those situations was based on winning. He was just saying he wanted to go to Houston. You think he want to go to Houston because they got the best chance to win? Nah. He worried about everything other than basketball. Basketball is just what I got to do to get the other stuff I want. That's who James Harden is. 
I don't need to see no more. I don't need to hear no more. That's what it is. James Harden is not a winning player. And the thing that sucks the most to me is y'all look at Carmelo Anthony as that type of player, the same as James Harden, who don't come through, who's selfish, who's not a winning player. And that guy went to Portland, came off the bench, went to L.A., willing to come off the bench, trying to get a chip. And y'all call him a loser. Y'all call him a losing player when he did what he needed to do to try to get a chip. They booted him out. He went to the Knicks. He was trying to get a chip there. But y'all going to look at James Harden like James Harden's going to do something in L.A.? Here's one thing I'm willing to guarantee. Clippers ain't winning no title as long as they got James Harden. He's a cancer to your culture. He's going to ruin your locker room. He's a me, me, me guy. He's a, I don't even care about this basketball thing as long as I get my money. And he going to go. He going to flop in the postseason. And then he going to go to the strip clubs, enjoy himself, come back next season, overweight with some sort of complaint. That's what you're going to get. Congratulations. See, now I'm mad. See, this is what sucks. <laughs> I get myself all mad, and then my next topic on the list is now going to make me look like a hater. Because what's next? Colorado. <laughs> Colorado football. That's what's next. And now I'm going to look like a hater because I got to kick Colorado's back in. But the truth is, I'm not hating. I love Coach Prime. Right? If Ryan Day, for some reason, decides to leave Ohio State, my first call, Coach Prime. Actually, that's not my first call. My first call is the coach from Utah. I'll pay you whatever you want to leave Utah and come coach Ohio State. That guy's a great coach. That's my first call. My second call is probably the guy from Oregon, landing from Oregon. That's probably my second call. My third call is Urban Meyer. Come back, bro. My fourth call is Coach Prime. <laughs> But I still love the guy, okay? I just know that there's other guys who have a bigger resume than Coach Prime. That's besides the point. Here's the point. Here, Here's, oh, God, this, I, I swear this isn't hate, but for me, it needs to be said. We have to take a look at Colorado and ask some uncomfortable, tough questions. One of which is, I said it last week, I probably said it the week before, how good of a coach is Deion Sanders really? How good? Because here's the reality. The reality is they started off 3-0. and Since they are 1-4. and And their one victory was a very close late win versus Arizona State. A game in which Arizona State outgained them 392 to 295. Okay? So, it, it wasn't, you got outplayed. You got away with a victory, though. That's great. Stack those wins. But you did get outplayed. So, you very easily could have been 0-5 in your last five games. Who else in the country could go 0-5 and no one question them? I'm waiting. 0-5. No one throw a question. Okay, fine. He won. 1-4. Let's look at their remaining schedule. Their remaining schedule is Oregon State this week. Look, they're not favored. I expect them to lose to Oregon State. Oregon State is tough. Oregon State can put up points. Oregon State can move the ball. Colorado can't stop anybody. Doesn't matter who they play. Even in the first three games when they were 3-0, and they couldn't stop nobody. Colorado State was lighting them up like a Christmas tree. Have you even thought of Colorado State since? No. Come on now. After that, you got Arizona. Arizona has had close games versus Mississippi State, Oregon State, Washington, USC. All close games. Which means this Arizona team, they're 5 and 3, but those game they play tough. They are a tough out. 
even if you beat them, it's going to be tough. If you're asking me, I would favor Arizona in that game. And I bet the pros are going to have Arizona favored. Washington State may be their best chance. But guess what? That Washington State offense could light it up. They can light it up. And again, Colorado can't stop nobody. So that's a game you could lose. That's a game you're probably going to be the underdog. And then they finish with a game versus Utah. Utah probably is going to have to win that game to get a spot in the Pac-12 championship game. And even if they don't, the way that team plays, they're tough. They're going to get after the quarterback. And Colorado can't protect the quarterback. So that's bad for you. And then on the other side, they're tough and physical and they're going to run the ball all over you. And again, Colorado can't stop nobody. They realistically could finish the season four and eight. Not be eligible for a bowl. And the question I would ask then is, do you view this season as a success or a failure? This is where perspective comes into the play. Because in the beginning, if I told you, hey, this 1-11 Colorado team is going to go 4-8 and eight under prime. Is that good? We would all say, absolutely. A win increase of three? Absolutely. What? Yeah, what, that's a success. That team is bad to win four games in that conference. Yeah, I would take it. But when they were 3-0, and and there were publications and TV networks and fans and every all the celebrities were flying to the games and they were saying Coach Prime is changing college football. When Big Noon kickoff was there twice, when game day was there, when Colorado was the talk of the sports world, if I told you they're going to win one game for the rest of the year, is that a successful season? You would say, hell no. That's where we are. Perspective. Here's something funny I want to bring up. I remember Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. People saying that he should be fired. Do you want to know what he did his first year in Michigan? He inherited a 5-7 and seven team. They went 10-3. and three. The next year, 10-3. and three. Jim Harbaugh improved their win total by 5. Dion right now sitting at three. And nobody's calling for his job. He's saying we got to get new linemen. Oh, well, that's hurtful to the guys that are there. Not we got to coach these guys up better. We got to do a better job of preparing them. We got to do this. We got No, 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 no. We got to replace them. They not good enough. Damn. I like the old school approach, but man, that's harsh. And for me, doesn't sound like a head coach. Deion Sanders is going to be a fantastic recruiter. There's no doubt about it. They're going to have talent. We all think Colorado's talented. Colorado got a lot of talent. There's no substance. A lot of talent. But where does it matter? In the trenches. Do they have that talent? No. They got all the flash. I said this weeks ago. Is Dion ever going to recruit what he needs to recruit, which is defensive and offensive line? Probably not. And when you get questioned about it and your response is get new ones, it's not good. That's not good. I don't like that. And my final question on Colorado is this. After week one, you beat TCU. You came in that post-game presser and you said, I got receipts. You called everybody out who didn't believe. You asked the question, do you believe now? If those same people came out today and said, hey, Prime, what happened, man? What's happening, y'all? Is that hate? Is that disrespect? Nah, what you did was you was feeling yourself in the moment. 
You was feeling on top of the world after you just shocked the world. We 3-0. and We changing college football. They threatened by my confidence. No, they're not. They just knew what I know and what everybody knows. Is you talk a big game, y'all boosting yourselves up, y'all changing the world. But when it comes down to this football thing, there's a lot of coaches who have accomplished far more than Coach Prime. And everybody was looking at Colorado as the new model. Oh, all the sports networks, Colorado's where it's at. That's what we want. And all these other coaches said, all right, we're going to beat Colorado's ass and show y'all they're not the standard. That's what Colorado's doing. That's not the new. That's not the new new. That has not been proven to work ever. And we're going to show them you still got a ways to go. And that's what teams are doing. I look forward to continue. I honestly don't think Colorado's going to win another game. I want to stick with college football for my last topic of the day. I've had fun today. It's been a good show. Guess who's number one? <laughs> That's right. College football. Who's number one? Who is it? Who? Who? That's right. OH. Stop playing. I already told y'all. If we're talking about resume. I don't care how good they look or don't look. Ohio State's resume unmatched. 2002 all over again. What's the first thing they said on that show last night? Does anyone here think Ohio State is the best team in the country? No, 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 I don't. No, I don't. They deserve to be number one, but they're not the best team. Okay. That's fine. I agree. <laughs> I agree. If Ohio State was playing Georgia, I'd favor Georgia. If Ohio State is playing Oregon, I'd favor Oregon. Ohio State's offense is still a little clunky. But again, what does it come down to? Defense. And we got Harrison Jr. You don't. That's it. The real problem with the rankings is Michigan being number three ahead of Florida State. Now, y'all know I hate Florida State, not because of Florida State, but because my younger brother is a, is a, is a Florida State fan, and he's annoying. <laughs> but I came out last week, and I gave him the love. I gave him the love. I accepted my bias. I accepted my hate, and I got rid of it. I exercised the hate. I got, I cast the demons out. No more hate demons at me. But when you look at Florida State, listen, Michigan has not played a single team half as good as even Clemson. When they showed the graphic, it was laughable. When they showed the graphic and they said notable wins and and, and Michigan had Rutgers and Minnesota as notable wins, bro. <laughs> If I'm Michigan, I'm like, Andrew, take that off the screen. Take that off the screen. What you doing? Leave us out of that. Don't show nobody. (laughs) Your schedule is trash. Cupcakes and pillows. Stop. Cupcakes and pillows. That's who you've been playing. Get out of here. Florida State has has a way better resume than Michigan. You keep putting Michigan there, and I know why you have to. Because you need Ohio State and Michigan to eliminate each other. Because you don't want both of them in there again. You don't. So you need them to eliminate each other. Right? It's simple. I get it. So if you rank them there and they lose, you could drop them down, get them out of there, bump somebody up. over. Like, I get it. But my, my, my. Like, you can't, look, look, Michigan this week is going against Purdue, and I get it. Purdue, hey, Ohio State just beat them, and I said I was scared of them. But they're getting Purdue at home, at night, 
Come on, man. They're going to they're gonna wash Purdue. They're going to wash Purdue. I mean, Ohio State did too, but... And all y'all dummies... Listen, listen, listen. I see all this conversation about J.J. McCarthy for Heisman. Bro. No. No. J.J. McCarthy's trash. We talk... You, you know how I know... Here's... I'm going to tell you right now. Here's a little secret. I'm going to give you a little secret on what I do. When you talk about a quarterback... If you start talking about arm talent and his arm talent, that's cool. Oh, snap, what's playing? What's playing? Oh. <laughs> when you start talking about a quarterback might be the most, have the most arm talent, yeah, that's cold word for he don't have nothing else that we're impressed with, but we like his arm. Hey, a little secret, a little secret. I say the same thing about Justin Fields. <laughs> When I come in here talking about Justin Fields, arm talent, bro, not 10 people could throw better. Yeah, that's because I got, I can't look at anything else to give you of why I, I like the guy or I'm rooting for him. But I'm willing to acknowledge, hey, that's it. J.J. McCarthy, oh, here we go. See, now y'all gonna make me do it. Because I hate being, J.J. McCarthy this year has thrown the ball 169 times. <clears throat> he's, throw, he's throwing the ball 21 times a game. Stop. Stop. He's got 18 touchdowns, bro. 18 touchdowns, three picks. 1,799 yards. Hey, you know what Kyle McCord has? 2,100 yards, 14 touchdowns, same amount of picks. So you throwing the ball. Let me see. You throwing the ball 21 times a game. Okay. Uh, Kyle McCord's throwing the ball more than you a game. So Kyle McCord, who's not going to be looked at, he's not looked at at all for a Heisman. But realistically, coming out of this week, because Ohio State has, you know, that real, they have a really tough game versus Rutgers. You know, that Rutgers team who was a notable win for Michigan, they got that. They That's a tough one. Okay. <laughs> Coming out of this game, Kyle McCord is going to have more passing yards than J.J. McCarthy and realistically could have more passing touchdowns. And nobody wants to put Kyle McCord in the Heisman, and I agree with that. Why is J.J. McCarthy even in conversation for a Heisman? Bro, you ain't got 2,000 yards yet. You know what? Let's go random. Let's pick a random player. Hmm. Random. Let me pick a random quarterback and see if I got their numbers. If we could find somebody who's better. Oh, here's one. Sam Hartman for Notre Dame. More yards and more touchdowns. He ain't up for the Heisman. Let's look at Shador Sanders. More yards, more touchdowns, more everything. He ain't up for the Heisman. We ain't putting him in there. Uh, let's look up another one. Here's here's another one. Uh, Jordan Travis throws the ball more, more yards. Touchdowns and less interceptions. We're not putting him in the Heisman, are we? Why y'all want to put J.J. McCarthy up there? Oh, you just want somebody different. You just want to boost up Michigan for some damn reason. I don't know why. Michigan's trash. That's not what the point of this was. <laughs> I was here to big up OH. Ohio State, we number one. Michigan shouldn't be number three. Michigan should be number four, if even in the top four. Because let's face it, Oregon, with their one loss being on the road in a close game, a very close game. It took a late field goal, late as time expired, for Washington to beat them at home. I would rank them ahead of Michigan because Michigan has not done anything that you didn't think they were going to do. Against that, you they've have they been in a game where they weren't favored by double digits? No. I'm off mission. I'm mad. See, y'all got me mad. Why I got to end the show in a bad mood? Nah, I'm dropping my pen. <laughs> Let's get to some picks before I get out of here. We almost at an hour. You got Missouri taking on Georgia. I'm going to pick Missouri. I don't know why. When I look at it, look, when I look at it, 
Missouri is having a year. Every once in a while, there's a team that has one of those years where things kind of go their way. Georgia has been sleepwalking through the season. There have been many weeks where people say, Georgia doesn't look like Georgia. Georgia doesn't look like Georgia. And this is either going to be a game like the Kentucky game where they come out and they show you we are Georgia and they beat the dogs not out of Missouri. Or it's going to be a game where Missouri comes in and they just play tough. One thing we know, Missouri is going to be tough. They're going to be. There's no way around. That's just how they play. If you look at these two teams, they're not far off. Missouri averages 443 yards a game. Georgia's at 506. Missouri gives up 338 yards a game. Georgia gives up 272. They're not far off. It's in Georgia. It's in Athens, Georgia. That scares me. But if you look at Missouri's last five, they beat South Carolina, they beat Kentucky, they lost in a close one to LSU, 49-39. That was a tough loss. They beat Vanderbilt, they beat Memphis. Not that impressive. If you look at Georgia, they, they destroyed Florida, beat Vanderbilt, destroyed Kentucky, beat Auburn, beat UAB. I'm going to stick with my gut. My gut is telling me Missouri. I'm going to stick with Missouri. I got Missouri beating Georgia. LSU versus Alabama. Look, this is crazy. I picked LSU to win, uh, to get to a playoff, I should say. Not to win. To pick, to get to the playoff. I picked them to get to the national title. And, uh, and I look like an idiot after the first couple weeks. But here's LSU at number 14, sitting at 6-2. and two. If they beat number eight, Alabama, they're guaranteed to move right into the top 10. Right? You're going to move to the top 10 if you beat a top 10 team, especially on the road, especially at night, which is almost impossible to do. But when you look at these two teams, LSU is averaging 552 yards a game. Alabama's only averaging 366. LSU gives up 395 yards a game. Alabama gives up 306. Here's what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to, can Jalen Milrow do enough to keep up with Daniels for LSU? Jaden Daniels is another guy, bro. 2,500 yards, 25 touchdowns, three picks. How come he ain't up for a Heisman? If y'all going to talk to me, if y'all hold on, if y'all going to talk to me, <laughs> if y'all going to talk to me about JJ McCarthy in the Heisman conversation, y'all not going to put Jaden Daniels in there? Bro's having a better year, going against tougher competition, a tougher schedule. That has to count, right? Don't get I'm I'm telling you, calm down. LSU's offense is good enough to move the ball against Alabama's defense. It's not going to be easy, but they're going to put up some points. They're going to move the ball. They're going to put together some drives. What Alabama's going to have to do is be able to match. And offensively, I don't think they have the firepower to do so. And that's why I'm going with LSU on the road at night to take out Alabama. Oregon State taking on Colorado. This is this game only means something to me because Colorado has to show something this game. You can't get blown out in this game. You can't. If you get blown out in this game, let's look at the matchups. Man. Oregon State's averaging 200 of uh, 200. They're averaging 440 yards a game. Colorado's averaging 409. They give up 346 yards a game. Colorado gives up 475. So you know what's going to happen. Oregon State's offense is going to do whatever they want. Can Colorado's offense match? The problem is, is Colorado's offensive line can't protect Shador. Which means he's going to be running for his life, trying to make plays, and I expect some turnovers in this game. Expect it to look bad. I don't care that they're playing at home versus Oregon State. Oregon State's going to walk in there at night and beat the dog due out of Colorado. 
And finally, we have Ohio State. Oh, no, not finally. Uh, we have USC versus Washington. I'm sorry. It's taking a long time. Let's speed this up. USC versus Washington. Washington's only favored by three and a half. I don't get it. Their offense is going to score and move the ball all over USC's defense, which sucks. USC is going to have to get into pass mode. They're going to become one-dimensional, going to live and die by the arm of Caleb Williams. He's going to make some plays, but not enough to keep up with Washington's offense. Washington wins. Ohio State versus Rutgers. Rutgers, who is a very impressive team because Michigan decided that that's their most no notable win is that they beat Rutgers yes Rutgers is six and two yes they are at home but Ohio State is the number one team in the country it will not be flashy but when it's all said and done Ohio State will have another 30 plus point victory on their resume and they will once again not be close in the game versus Rutgers because as I've said before Rutgers will never be close to Ohio State it won't ever happen it won't This game is Ohio State is going to methodically move the ball up the field because there's not a single player on Rutgers that's going to be able to stop Marvin Harrison. They're not going to be able to stop Travion Henderson. They're going to run the ball. They're going to pass the ball. They're going to drive, get a bunch of touchdowns, a bunch of scores. And defensively, this Ohio Ohio State defense is is going to do a number on Rutgers. Expect a bunch of turnovers. This game won't be close. It won't be flashy. It won't be pretty, but it will be effective. Ohio State wins. Let's get into the NFL. We got to speed this up because I realized I was dragging along trying to make picks and real time you got the Dolphins versus the Chiefs Chiefs are favored by two and a half because they have a winning record the Dolphins have yet to beat a team with a winning record you need to do it before I'll ever pick you to do it I'm taking the Chiefs Cardinals versus the Browns Browns favored by eight Clayton Toon getting his first start. The Browns' defense is really good. I expect them to do a number on them. Clayton Toon is going to look the part. I'm only watching this game because I want to see how my guy Clayton Toon looks in his first NFL start. I expect him to have some highs and lows, but I also expect the Browns to win and cover the eight points. You got the Texans minus two and a half versus the Bucks. Look, Baker Mayfield is reverting right back to what he always has been average and in this game i like the texans at this spot in the year to start opening things up a little more offensively not play it so safe with cj shroud now that he's had enough games under his belt he's a real pro he's a he's the real deal i expect them to start trying some new things i like the texans minus two and a half you got the giants going against the raiders raiders favored by two After they just fired their head coach and GM, I think there's going to be a little jolt of energy in this locker room. I think everybody's happy to see those guys go. I expect them to come out and beat up on this Giants team who clearly is in tank mode. They're done. They already traded Leonard Williams. They didn't really move Saquon, but they should have. Are they even going to have a quarterback who's going to throw the ball? I don't know. Look for Max Crosby to abuse that offensive line, whether they're running or throwing. I like the Raiders minus two. Cowboys versus the Eagles. Eagles favored by three. I'm taking the Cowboys. Dak Prescott, eight and three in his career versus the Eagles. I like that to continue and move up to nine and three. They take out the Eagles. That's my time, y'all. I appreciate y'all coming through again for another episode. I had so much fun recording this. I hope you enjoyed listening to it listen follow me on all social media cyber underscore pod that's s-i-b-r underscore p-o-d on all social media reach out hit me up join the cyber family check me out on youtube at cyber network that's s-i-b-r network check me out there for exclusive videos and exclusive content i love you guys i appreciate each and every one of you thanks for the listen thanks for the download leave the five star reviews leave the comments let me know what you think let me know what i can what you don't like what you like i don't care just be a part of the family interact i love appreciate and thank each and every one of y'all and i'll catch y'all next time